0: Houston, you're live in the Hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5.
1: He's Blank. I'm Branham. We are the Bees. ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Get to the spotted thing in a second. A uh, 0202 says taking up two spaces is pig parking. I think I have heard that.
2: I've never used heard that term before.
1: I don't, I've never used it, but I, I feel like I have heard people say that it's pig parking. Uh, this guy, nope, double parking is blocking a legally parked car. Uh, pay attention, people. You shouldn't. You shouldn't illegally block cars. That's that's just. We live in a society. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't do that. And I'm with. Like, don't don't uh, run up on the curve either and leave the car running. Um, that's that's not as bad as as double parking though. But still, it's. Uh, we live in a society, right?
2: Yeah, there's that. That's a lot more frequent these days. A lot of people are doing a lot of that stuff, like and not even thinking twice about it. And there's a lot of people that don't need to have that don't shouldn't have handicap cards that are pulling into handicap spots too.
1: Yeah, What is the level of scrutiny on Joe Aspada this year? 713-780-3776. He from L.A., just like how y'all treated Dusty. I'm critical on everybody. Like <laughs> It's just the way that I am. I'm, I'm a cynic, so I'm going to be equally critical for a spotter that I was on Dusty. Now, will he deserve it as much as Dusty? We'll see. Tyler and Conroe, I think the level of scrutiny on Joe Aspada, the most interesting manager of the world, is going to be significant. Astro fans are crazy, and he's been the manager and waiting for a while and has been thought to be an upgrade over Dusty uh dot com uh, they have uh it, it's interesting how they they headlined this it says, hot seat, question mark, six month, uh, six managers under scrutiny in 2024. I think that Joe Espada is going to be in a, in a good amount of scrutiny. I think we're going to be having a watchful eye. It's his first year. He inherits a World Series caliber team. He's taking over for a Hall of Fame manager. Now, a Hall of Fame manager that maybe didn't have a great approval rating in the city, in the city but still a future Hall of Fame manager. But I wouldn't at all throw hot seat into the equation when I'm talking about Joe Espada.
2: No, he's going to be scrutinized. I don't think he's going to be on the hot seat, but he's going to be scrutinized heavily because of how good this team is expected to be and because of the fact that they did spend money and because that he's got to balance that bullpen. He's got decisions that he's got to make, and everybody's going to be watching with more than just a, a casual eye because of the expectations of this team and the fact that that hasn't changed. So I think that he's going to get scrutinized, maybe not as much as Dusty early on, but if some mistakes are made... We all know that the fans will turn up the heat in a hurry, and and they're gonna they're gonna start looking at him, you know, with a very very critical eye.
1: Yeah, I don't think that he, I don't think that he's on the ever will be on the hot seat Mm-mm. this year unless they do something like seventy and ninety two, and then he just looks like he's David Cully out there. Like that's the only scenario I can see where Joe Espada is on a hot seat. That's the only scenario I can see where Joe Espada is. Like potentially on the chopping block, where he just looks completely overwhelmed like he's David Cully and Nathan- the Astros are 70 and 92. What was yeah, that? I
2: was going to say, or Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, I just, uh, and I think that because unlike Denver, though they had some expectations, uh, or even the Texans went with Cully, the bigger thing is this team. That there's, the, the expectations are through the roof. So if you do that, and especially if you don't suffer any significant injuries, and, and obviously what we heard today isn't significant, but it makes you a little worried. But yeah, unless he completely falls flat on his face and there's nothing to blame it on other than decisions he's made or, look, like you said, looking like he's completely over his head, I don't think he's on the hot seat.
1: Now, I, I, do, think that, I do think that Crane is cutthroat, though like he he has proven in the past that he is a cutthroat owner. Uh look how he cleaned house when he first took over the team. Uh look what he did to Jeff Luno and AJ Hinch. Like he didn't, you know, have their back. He immediately fired them after the cheating scandal mm-hmm. and he more or less fired his general manager after winning the World Series. So while I say I don't see a scenario that Joe Espada is on the hot seat, other than the David the David Cully scenario we just envisioned, which I don't think that he'll be like that at all. Uh, I would say that the owner of the Astros is someone who is very cutthroat.
2: Oh, you're right, and the click thing is the is the big one because of the fact that. Click did a lot of good things for this organization while he was here, but it was obvious that they weren't on the same page. They didn't communicate the way Crane would have liked it. And as the owner of the team, he just decided it's my team. I can you know I can hire and fire as I wish, and moved on from a guy that did a decent job. So uh, he, I I don't think he's on the hot seat during the season, and I think that the only way would be if there's there's you know that Crane just decides this ain't my guy.
1: Yeah, I am very intrigued. Like I I, I agree with scrutinized. Like I think it's I think that's a. F- perfect word to describe Joe Espada's first year as the manager of the Houston Astros. Uh, Because he's new, I think he's been the manager-in-waiting for quite some time without officially having that title. Uh, I do take exception to the like, a hot seat. I think that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, like, some of the other managers that, that are on, they, they picked one for each division. They had Aaron Boone with the Yankees. Like, Aaron Boone's on the hot seat. Aaron Boone doesn't have success this year. He's probably going to get got. Uh, they have A.J. Hinch for the Tigers, which I think he just signed an extension. I, I disagree. I think with that's the, right, Yeah, I disagree with that one on A.J. Hinch. And it's also a place that, like, they're rebuilding and they have young players. So, like, I think he has runway there. Uh, I don't think he'll be that scrutinized. Dave Martinez for the Nats. I think he just signed an extension, too. Uh, the Marmol guy from the Cardinals. I'm actually surprised they kept him. I thought they I might too. move on from him after last year, which was his second season. And then Dave Roberts for the Dodgers, because you know the Dodgers have World Series aspirations. You fall short of winning the World Series. And then you're definitely going to be on the hot seat. A lot of people think that Dave Roberts should have already been. got yep. God.
2: Yep, believe me. I've got a lot of relatives in, in California that believe that and are adamant about it. So uh, I could see Dave Roberts being a guy like that. I, look, I thought Davey Martinez – yeah, the scapegoat for him is the fact that he didn't have enough talent to win anyway. So what's 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 the difference? But Davey Martinez has had a, a long enough leash for a lot of years too. That I I, I Marmol and Dave Martinez, I thought we're going we're going to get it at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, just the the extension with the Martinez is why it, it surprises me he's here. Uh, I don't think he's a great manager. I'm not a big Dave Martinez fan. He doesn't know the rules of baseball. He loves uh, that baseline. Yeah, which they did expand that. Did you know, did saw you know that. that? Yep, yeah, They mm-hmm. expanded it out to the grass. Which I think it probably makes it easier for umpires. Mm-hmm. I think it makes it easier for fans to kind of understand it uh, as well. Six six nine zero. A spot is close to the players, but is he too close to the point? He listens to them more.
2: Oh, I think that. Well, I, I think look with the locker room that you have with some of the veterans you have on this squad. There's going to be Guys that one, you could lean on if you had to, but also that are going to make you know their opinions known. And we know how Verlander likes to sit very close to the manager in, in, on non-start days. Um, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think you got guys that are going to run muck or steer him the wrong way. And, and you know he loves Altuve, and, and Altuve is a veteran that's that's obviously going to be an ear that he can he he, he can uh, lean on if he needs it. So I, I think it's a good thing to have some veterans in the locker room that can help him get off on the right foot.
1: Yeah, there's no one that's going to run all over him. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you could have the wrong veterans where they just, like, run all over him uh, in his first year as a manager. I don't think that exists on this team. That's why I don't really like the idea of Trevor Bauer uh, being on this team. Like, you you can have the bad veterans that have been around for a while. They're, you know, they're the ones that call the shots, and then it takes that, you know, veteran manager or coach to kind of keep them in their place. And then when there's a substitute teacher in town, they can run right Right. through them. I don't think that this team has that type of
2: veteran. Yeah, no, I don't either. That's what I was referring to as well. I don't think there's a guy that's going to run amok and do his own thing and show out or do things that are embarrassing for his team or, just be a me 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 guy and i don't think that the, the this locker room would allow it to happen reg- before it even got to the manager level but yeah i don't i don't think you've got those kind of guys in that locker room you don't need those guys in the locker room
1: three three four four how much extra money do you think the everyday roadside flower sell sellers make today
2: oh well i know the ones down on Fannin are killing it like this is their christmas they are the uh, morning, noon, and night from five a.m. on, or whatever it is, the You're flowers. You talking about
1: the ones on the curb, like the ones that yeah. sell the flowers at the lights?
2: Yeah, and all over down that street, anywhere on Fannin, because they want to get you before you get to the actual flower shops that are selling them and making a killing, <laughs> and, and they absolutely cash in.
1: I, I would say that their profits increase at least five hundred percent. Oh yeah. Yep. At least five hundred percent. Yeah, and
2: like I said, in the grocery stores, because they've got those one-stop shop in the parking lots set up, they're 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 cashing in. Two, three, four, to, fold, too, because of the fact that regardless of what they're charging, it's the convenience of going, I don't even have to go in the store. I can stop in the parking lot, grab and go, and cover for the fact that I forgot about this. Yeah, I'll do that.
1: Ocho says, I think Valentine's Day is a corny scam, but my wife celebrates every bad word thing, so I, I oblige to keep the peace. I'm hoping she'll eventually tire of this celebratory stage.
2: Can I, can I tell you what's really over the top? There are houses in my neighborhood that decorate the outside of the house for Valentine's Day. Really? That's, I get Christmas, I get Halloween, I don't get Valentine's Day. Yeah. Huh,
1: that is interesting to have lights up for Valentine's Day. And flowers, you know, flowers on the walkway and a big, like,
2: wreath thingy on the door with the heart on it, and I'm like... That's a bit
1: much. You know what I do like on Valentine's Day, though? The chocolate-covered strawberries. Those are delicious. I'm a huge fan of Uh chocolate-covered strawberries. (laughs) Joe's coming in on that. I think it's the best Valentine's Day snack. Yeah, here's the problem.
3: Like, I I did that once where I knew I wasn't going to have time to get flowers when I was working at Lid's. And I went to like one of the candy shops in the Galleria to get them. Mm. Holy crap! You got to make your own. They're so expensive. They're expensive, and you can't
2: guarantee the quality of the strawberry inside. Yeah, that's why you got to make
1: your own. Yeah, you got to make your own. You got to make your own. You just buy the chocolate beforehand. You go get some strawberry. It's it's not that bad. It's really not. You just melt down the chocolate, and then you dip the strawberry in. It's like the easiest thing that you can make. Yeah. It's pretty simple. <laughs> I'm not in on that. It might be the easiest thing to prepare. Can I also say that the <laughs> other thing
2: that, that, that about, that, about the, the chocolates part of it, though, that sucks is half the time when you get the assorted box of chocolates, whatever they pick to fill the chocolates with for the most time, it sucks. There's very few that are very Yeah, quick. I don't buy these like the
1: assortments. Yeah, I like those Lindor's, those Francisco Lindor chocolates. With the caramel in are, the inside. Are, I'm not a big fan of the caramel ones. Oh, I
2: love the caramel I like
1: ones. the milk chocolate the most.
2: Yeah, the caramel ones are awesome.
1: Do you like the uh, the chocolate covered uh, like the actual candies, but they have the cherry in the middle? No, I like those. Yeah, yeah, I I like that's how that's how I, I, that's how I get them. my fruit on the uh, the food okay. pyramid. I
2: I just think any any combination of the the caramel with the milk chocolate is a good one.
1: I'm not a huge caramel guy. Oh,
2: I, I don't know, Joe. Did it, was it big in Chicago? I was gonna say it's a Midwest thing, but well, like man,
1: caramel popcorn, yeah,
2: anything caramel the caramel caramel apples. Caramel was really big in the Midwest.
1: I think I mean I think most people just like Caramel. I I think I'm just in the minority. I'm not a big Caramel guy. It's uh, off. Awesome. Cherry cordials, says King of Twitch. I didn't know the name of it, but those are those are good. That's what those
2: are called with the cherry yeah. and the kind of liquidy inside. Ugh.
1: You know what my um this isn't really a, a Valentine's chocolate. The Ferrero Rocher, those are elite. Those are so they are good. elite. I feel like I've a Number little one bougie when I'm that? eating them, but they're still they're the delicious. ones
3: that come in like the gold wrapping. Oh yeah, those are the best
1: chocolates on the planet. And Whenever why I- is it the chocolate or the inside? Both. It, both. What's it's in the inside? Like, I don't know. Nugget. Yeah. I don't have no idea. There's huh. like a there's like a little nut in there. I don't know what I'm eating, but it's delicious. It's so good. Yeah, I used to whenever I was a kid, I used to think they were like rich people's candy. Yeah, and then I started to see it at the grocery store like next to the M&Ms and Kit Kats is like, "Oh, we can afford this." And it's like, "This is this is the best chocolate you can get in the aisle of a grocery store. Period." We <laughs>
3: got we got JJ hooked on them. Really? Yeah.
1: He,
2: well, that's scary cuz then he could he could start like going through a lot of
3: them. Yeah, yep, yeah, he can. He They're can.
1: So What's the real expensive? Good.
2: Ghirardelli is the expensive chocolate yeah, out of the expensive. Bay Area? Yeah.
1: Oh, they're from the Bay Area? Yeah,
2: yeah. Their, their headquarters are in San Francisco, I believe.
1: Ferreira Rocher, elite. All right, 713-780-ESPN. What is your fa- your favorite Valentine's Day treat? 713-780-3776. So, Justin Verlander, shoulder soreness. Uh, J.P. France, shoulder soreness. Lance McCullers, out until the summer. Luis Garcia, out until the summer. Your only healthy pitchers are Fromber, Javier, Hunter Brown, Jose Arquiti. Which rotation is better? You have a four-man rotation, a healthy rotation, an injured rotation. Which of the four, which of the two of the four-man rotation is the best? 713 780 Killer bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.
2: Guys, well, I want take a minute to tell you about the latest golf Business in Houston that you are going to love it is x golf X golf is absolutely fantastic. The only location for X golf is at the ninety nine and i ten but if you get there, you are going to love it because they are the best golf simulators that i 've seen in Houston. They are absolutely fantastic. You can play fifty different golf courses around the world that you can choose from, but it 's so realistic that with the shot tracker and all the technology they have it 's going to track the spin and the distance and all those good things. And it's so great that if you're really working on your game, especially when the, the weather isn't ideal, it's fantastic. You can play your own golf ball. So if there's a certain brand of golf ball that you like to play – You don't have to be at the mercy of the machine. You bring your own golf balls. You use your own golf balls. You take your own golf balls back home with you. But it helps you to get that touch and feel when you're putting, when you're chipping. And the putting is the thing that I think is so realistic. It's the best in terms of using real putting and the putting stroke and reading the greens that I've seen. It's fantastic. And it's also a perfect spot for birthday parties, happy hours, corporate events. They also have leagues, tournaments, and more all with prizes when they do the leagues and tournaments, but a perfect spot for you and your friends to kind of unwind, have some cocktails, enjoy some good food, but then also love the golf. The golf, the lessons, the club fitting, it's all available too, but it's family-friendly, and it's a bar and top-of-the-line audio and visual setup for you to
0: go and watch sporting events too.
2: Check them out today. Check out X-Golf. It's at 99 and I-10
0: in Katy. It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees.
1: He's Blank. I'm Branham, Mocha Joe behind the glass. You guys have your jokes about the chocolate preference that I have. Uh, 9243, we're learning a lot about why Branham is built the way he is to Tyler and Conrail. I guess you mean tough and hard and being a son of a guy I don't know a key from LA now I see the three percent Branham <laughs> Did something I do give me the uh, the three percent there did I get a card there for I don't know out of candy? Yeah maybe maybe that's uh, maybe that's a thing I don't know I didn't even know that but maybe I just it just comes I come by it naturally you know come by yeah. it honestly. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line. Which rotation is better? Four-man rotation, you have four healthy starters, you have four injured starters. The healthy rotation, you have Fromber Valdez, you have Christian Javier, you have Hunter Brown, you have Jose Arquiti, knock on wood. The injured rotation, you got Justin Verlander, you got Lance McCullers Jr., you have Luis Garcia, and you have J.P. France. Assuming they're healthy... Which is something you have to do here. Mm -hmm. Which of the four-man rotations is better? Well, I like the injured one a
2: whole lot. It's pretty stinking good. Yeah, it really is. And McCullers is that wild card because, you know, like we both have said, like when he's when he's healthy, he is a tough son of a gun, and it's just that he can't consistently stay healthy, as we've seen, and frustrated so many people by doing so. But you go Verlander and him and Garcia; those top three, I'll, I'll put up against just about anybody. And then, you know, if J.P. France is your fourth, then so be it. Uh, I I think he's adequate.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go kind of like if they were going head-to-head. Fromber versus Verlander, head-to-head right now. I mean, if you go last half of last season, you're probably going Verlander. I still have faith in Fromber. maybe I'm holding out hope and I shouldn't. I think Fromber's better right now today than Justin Verlander, but
2: isn't the easiest way to analyze that being it's not head head-to-head, to head, it's head to head to head because you know what the two guys' ability is, but it's which Fromber that you're getting with sure. his head.
1: Yeah, I mean that yeah, for sure, and I think that you have to factor that in. I do like that Fromber looked a little slim in the pictures I saw of him today, but I'm going Fromber, like if I had to predict which of those two have a better year, I have to I have to say Fromber. So I give Frommer the edge for the healthy rotation there. The next one, you have Christian Javier, Lance McCullers, and again, if we're assuming health here, I think Lance is better than Javier. Um, Javier, I don't want to say that he was exposed last year. The second half that Javier had last season was not very encouraging. I thought he was a little overweight. He looked a little slimmer this year, too, when he reported to camp today, so that kind of makes me excited. But if, if... If Lance is healthy, I know it's a major if, and we think that he might not ever be healthy again, I think Lance is a better pitcher than Javier. So tied now, healthy rotation, injured rotation. Luis Garcia, Hunter Brown. I think Brown has more upside, but Luis Garcia's been better. Like Mm -hmm. Luis Garcia's just been flat out better than Hunter Brown so far. I love Luis Garcia. So I got to go Garcia there, and I think Urquidy and France is a tie. I think it's a wash. I think they're – and Urquidy, he has postseason success. I think France's stuff is a little bit better. Uh, it's a tie for me. So I got two for the injured rotation. I have one for the healthy rotation, and I have a tie. I'm taking the injured rotation yeah. over the healthy rotation.
2: I, I, I'm interested. You think that Urquidy and J.P. France is oh, – I, I give a slight edge to Urquidy in that. Just he, because
1: has the, he has the resume. He has the history. He's got the postseason success. I like
2: his breaking stuff better, but I, I can see it being a put. I, I would just give a slight advantage to Urquidy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to put up a huge fight about that. Like, I I like Urquidy. He's Mexican. I'm a big fan of the Mexicans. Uh, Jose Urquidy had a 529 ERA last year, though. So, like, that kind of doesn't sit well with me. Mm -hmm. And if you just go career ERA... JP France 383. Now, I know it's a small sample say, size. His career isn't
2: exactly that long. It
1: is the I mean, same thing as last year. 136 innings, though. Like that's yeah. not tiny. It's not like he appeared in four games. He started 23 games last year. He threw 136 innings last year, and he, he had a 383 ERA. That's solid. Did he pitch over his head? I, I think it's fair to say that he might have. But Jose Archini's career ERA is 398. So like. Yeah. Like, uh, you, could, you could give me Jose Arquidi more experience, postseason success, uh, JP France better last year, his career ERAs lower than Arquiti's. So that's why I think it's a wash. I think like, the
2: biggest thing is they always say the pitcher gets the advantage early on when no one's ever seen him. This is going to be a big year to, to see JP France and see once guys have seen him before and they've got a little bit more intel on him.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think he's made enough trips around, though. You know what I mean? Maybe. Like, 20, 23 games? Like, I I, I I, think he pitched over his head, though. Like, I don't think he's yeah. a 383 ERA guy. I think he's probably, like, four. I think he's a four ERA guy. I think he's a solid number 5 starter. Mm-hmm. I think Jose Arquini's a solid number 5 starter. That's why I think it's a wash between the two of them.
3: All right, so I think that they're a wash as well. Um, I, I'll tell you guys, I, I guess I'll be in the, the minority here. Uh, I, I'm taking the healthy group right now because the key word is healthy, okay? Okay. Healthy physically, healthy mentally. So I'm getting good from her. We're healthy. It's a healthy We're getting the How healthy you be group. So
2: sure he has health in terms of his physical this health.
3: This is the healthy Framber. I'm getting mm. the good, mentally healthy From Valdez in this. Okay. Uh, this might be a bad take. I don't care. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't know who Luis Garcia is when you change The Rock the Baby. He pitched in, what, six games last year? They changed it. I'm taking Hunter Brown over Luis Garcia. You're overrating them. I know I am, but I'm giving you an excuse. And Lance McCullers Jr. throws a lot of curveballs. He does not have a, a no-hitter in the World Series and won against the Yankees. So I'm no. going with the healthy rotation over the injured rotation. You're going healthy
1: over injured. Yep. I went injured over healthy. Blankers, did you make a call?
2: I went injured. Right, I made a call injured. right away. I said it right away I went with the injured.
1: I was not pay attention. That's my bad. Uh, 9243 good Javier is significantly better than uh, healthy LMJ. That's Tyler and Conroe. Is he? Like, Javier, 357 ERA career. Lance McCullers, 348 career ERA. I think the now, other Javier's thing, is... Javier's got him in the whip. 1.115. McCullers... Lance is, can I finish? Yeah. 1.251. So, like, Lance has him in the ERA. Javier has him in the whip.
2: See, I think that the the thing is, too, the healthier McCullers is, has the potential of going 7-7+. Seven, seven plus whereas the healthy Javier still is going to throw a ton of pitches and you're going to be ecstatic if he goes five. You don't think McCullers does the same
1: exact thing? No, Lance goes a little deeper. No, he goes deeper into games, but he's healthy. Yeah, he, he he racks up the pitch count, but I bet you in his I bet you his average start he goes a little bit longer than Javier. I don't think it's significant, but I bet you I, he goes a little bit longer. Yeah, it's, just,
3: it's hard to remember someone that's almost not a real person at this <laughs> well, point. I know, like, Remember like what age. he really is when he was healthy.
2: <laughs> I thought he made appearances in the seventh pretty frequently yeah. when he was on his you're, game. You're probably
3: right. It's just like all I can think about is hurt Lance and then good hurt Lance when
1: he's throwing a bunch of curveballs. Fair. I, I agree with Blankers on that. I think that I don't think it's significant. I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's like substantial. I don't think. I think it's huge, like a big number, but I do think Lance goes deeper in games than Javier. It also plays uh, on average.
2: the back of your bullpen now. The if it's going to play in Javier's advantage, it would be the fact that he doesn't have to worry about that as much because your seventh, eighth, and ninth is pretty much covered.
1: Yeah, yeah, you you don't really have to go deep in right. games with this bullpen now, which is cool. Um, six six nine zero. Would you sign Snell in a Verlander deal? Two years, sixty six million. Yep. It's not my money. <laughs> Man,
2: if they're, if they're willing to, That's a massive amount to, to go over. But, yeah, I mean, if he wants to do it, more power to him. That's a that's the best insurance policy in the world.
3: You guys think that his walk stuff, like Blake Snell's walks were up, were up crazy he last year. He led the year, league. But he, he was hitting and he was getting double play after double play. Do you guys think that's sustainable? He's won two Cy Youngs. I know, but that is like, new. The walks is new. Like, the, the extreme walks is new.
1: What's, his, what's been his walk rate year I think by it was it seemed like it was
3: almost intentional
1: uh a lot do you,
2: do you put he, anything into the fact that the defense behind him matters too then because of the fact that he, he he got bailed out a lot by double plays i mean he's been really good in
1: his career like it's not last year was an anomaly you know what i mean no, It right. like, wasn't last year was this fluke year for Blake Snell you mentioned
2: it. if you win two cy youngs you've got good stuff
1: yeah it's like winning two majors you win two majors you're a good golfer you win one eh. Eh, you might fluke into one, but you're not fluking into two. His walk rate was a career high last year, but it, I mean, he's been in the ballpark of like he was 13.3% walk rate last year. He's had years of 12.6 and years of 12.7. Okay. So like, it's still pretty high. Like he's always been a high walk guy. Last year was a career high, but he's always been a high walk guy.
2: You think Yankees get desperate? I've heard they're 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 now the leader in the clubhouse along with the Giants right behind them to try and go I could get see it after the Burns now. thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, 0315, Valdez's problem last year was the pitch clock. He'll make the adjustments and be a top three in Cy Young. Um, I agree with the pitch clock thing. I, I do. I Because I, usually like when he got into trouble yeah. in the past, it's like, okay, walk around the mound, do your thing, collect your thoughts, and you're good. Uh, pitch clock, you don't have the luxury of doing that. So one thing goes against you, and all of a sudden you don't have the opportunity to kind of collect your thoughts. Now, I agree with that take. But is Fromber somebody that you think will make that adjustment and all of a sudden be someone who can kind of, like, sustain the moment, kind not of be crumbled. chill and calm and his shrink and is crumbled. gone, too. He's gone? Ma- Maldi's
2: not behind the oh, plate anymore. I thought anymore. you meant, like, the actual No, I mean, Maldi was kind of his on-field <laughs> shrink. I
1: thought you meant the real, like, <laughs> no, Honestly, that if that's what Maldonado's
3: like, best purpose was, he sucked at his job.
1: But you was- know that... He was, I know. It happened. But he
3: was clearly very bad at it the second half of the season. He couldn't get to Fromber anymore. Like, if that's what he was part of, like, the Martin Maldonado charm, you know, besides striking out and not being able to get a hit, he wasn't very good at it last year. But he lost both half. of his
2: whoobies because Correa was the first guy to really yeah. get up into his face to do it. And then when Correa left, it was supposed to be Maldi, and then he lost him, too. Yeah. Here's a hot take.
1: I think that stuff's overrated. I think it's overrated. If it was so important, how come Maldonado didn't get him going last year? It's overrated. Like if Carlos Correa wasn't around and Martín Maldonado wasn't around, does Framber still still a good pitcher? Yeah, yeah, he's still a good pitcher. I mean, I hope so. I think I've. Ne- I mean, he's more fragile
2: than most. There's no doubt about that. That so. There, sometimes he needed that more than anybody. So it's not like it had to be done across the board. But there were plenty of times when he needed someone to try and settle him down and, and get him dialed back in.
1: Six two two seven. When is McCullers ever healthy? He only in these scenarios where we make believe uh, three three at the Houston 1, Sports 5. Awards. Yeah, he, I worried he was gonna. I hope he walked up the ramp. Well, he was uh, healthy though, right? I don't think not healthy enough to throw. Uh, healthy LMJ will always become injured LMJ. These are fair points. I can't argue these things. You, we can you only hate keep the, our fingers crossed. Yeah, you have
2: to. You hate that you have to relent, but with. The, just the the last one alone, the way it all played out too was very disturbing. Yeah. But yeah, he just he's got a track record you can't argue with.
1: Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRP listener line trades that can shake up the NFL offseason. Houston Texans are on this with a trade that they can make that would shake up the offseason. What is it? Would you do it? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five ESPN ninety two five.
0: Hey Houston, you're live in the Hive with the Killer Bees. Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and
1: 92.5. He's Blank, I'm Branham. I'm saying that Brable could be a name that comes up in San Francisco. Defensive
2: I, saw that. Coordinator. I-, I asked Joe during the break, you think Week Martindale would leave Michigan before he even gets started and go back to the NFL with those guys on defense?
1: Think, I think they can upgrade at D.C. What about Belichick? That'd
2: no be way he goes back to not being the head man.
1: I don't know he loves football. I don't. I, think, I agree with you. I agree with you. I I think I agree with you. I'm with you. Uh,
2: I think Martindale would love the opportunity to coach that defense, and he doesn't yeah. have to deal with all the crap that comes with coaching in college
1: these days. Yeah, I don't think he'll do much of the crap that you have to do in college. Like I think defensive coordinators and, o- and OCS at and, like these huge power programs, I don't think they recruit much. I don't think they go on the road. But, you know,
2: as part of his deal is is my way or the highway on defense, and he's not going to cater to a kid that they got to make sure sticks around for a couple of years, even if they don't play right away. And he, he's not about that life. He, he just wants to go out and wreak havoc yeah. with whoever he wants.
1: I think it's easier to do my way or the highway in college than in pros.
2: Mm, not these I don't. I, I think that, uh, you know how, like.
1: 20 million year players, you're just going to be like, see ya. You're not going to play?
2: I mean, look, a lot of organizations realize, yeah, but they're under contract, so they either got to play there or they ain't going anywhere. That's, whereas, why, it's,
1: that's why it's harder to do it. I don't think
2: so. I, I think I think that in college, if you don't play a kid that because he's got potential because they want him to keep him around and he, he hits the portal and, and is out. Do you that, think
1: that Nick Saban was playing five-star freshman because he was scared about the portal.
2: I think Nick Saban got out because he didn't want to deal with that crap.
1: While Saban was there, do you think that Nick Saban would, had a problem benching a five-star prospect because he was scared of the portal? No.
2: No way. Not necessarily, not necessarily Nick Saban, but I think that the, his defensive coordinators were cognizant of, of guys and how they stood, and, and wanted to, especially for the development of the team over the next several years if they're going to be the D.C.,
1: Six six nine zero. Garcia has proved it in the postseason. Hunter had a bad second half. Bad take Boulevard. Did, did somebody pick Hunter over Garcia? Did I miss that? I didn't. I didn't. Oh, did Joe, you, did Joe? you
2: Joe, were you were you big on Hunter over Garcia?
0: Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, I said that. said that. I, I don't charge. think their stuff's
1: that different. He said that about the charge. I think Hunter Brown's got better stuff. I just don't think he's put it together yet. Uh, I am
2: concerned about the Rock the Baby. I thought about that a little bit as well. I am concerned a little bit about the Rock the Baby.
1: How come he was good in the stretch then?
2: I don't know. I just think a lot of it, too, was I think the pitch clock might affect him as well, too. But I, I think that when you got to change something that muscle memory wise that he's done, not every single pitch, obviously, because he's in
3: the stretch. I think it has an effect on him. I, I think actually, Jeremy, if he just went to the stretch, I wouldn't feel the way that I do.
1: People forget that two years ago, Luis Garcia kind of cut down on the cha-cha that he was a lot simpler.
3: I mean, it's definitely different than it was when he originally came into the league.
1: It's just you never know. It's, it's routine, like these pitchers. Like we know, they're fragile. Yeah, I wouldn't mind him pitching out of the stretch either. Nine three three one. Here's an idea: let's not sign Fromber to a long term deal and let his little psycho bad word bad word walk. Mm. I don't think nine three three. Likes Fromber a whole lot. I wouldn't pay Fromber though. Like I'm not. I'm not getting Fromber a uh, two hundred and and how old he's thirty. He I think. I think whenever he comes up, he's gonna be like thirty one. Yeah,
2: I'm not. I'm not entertaining that.
1: No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Now he still got two more years. You know what I mean? Like so, he's still here for a couple of years. It's not like he's a free agent after right. this season. So like, it even makes it easier uh, to to let Frommer walk. That's He'll gonna be, be. He's thirty this year, thirty one next year. So he's not a free agent until he's thirty two. Yeah,
2: that's going to be like the Bregman deal. Thanks, pre, thanks for the memories. But if you want the Whopper deal, it ain't going to be here.
1: Yeah, the only way I would do that is if he signs a super team-friendly deal, which I think they tried and he didn't, so I think that ship has sailed. All right, the four NFL trades that could shake up the NFL offseason. The Houston Texans are listed here. And the trade that they propose, the Texans trade their second-round pick, which is number fifty-nine overall, to the Philadelphia Eagles for Hassan Reddick, who is on a one-year deal. They probably have to extend him. Would you make this trade if you're the Houston Texans?
2: Yeah, the the money matters to me. So the the extension and how much money because you're giving up the, a second-round pick, which I'm fine with, if you get a guy that has been as impactful as he's been. But I, I'm concerned about the money because you're talking about Grenard. And if you're willing to go 20 plus on Grenard, I got to believe he's looking for that kind of money. That That's what scares me. You're giving up a draft pick and you're going to get a guy that, yes, has had success, but he's older too, older than Grenard. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no.
1: Yeah, this is an easy no for me. I wouldn't even think about doing this. I don't like paying for somebody twice. Like, if you're going to spend the money to sign Hassan Redick, you might as well just sign somebody in free agency, or you might as well just sign John Gernard and keep him here and then keep your second-round pick. Mm-hmm. Like, you can spend the money you're going to use to extend Redick by signing a defensive end, and then you still have the luxury of keeping your second-round pick. This is a hard no for me. I wouldn't even entertain it. Joe? Yeah, it's a hard no for me too. I, I know
3: that, you know, he early on in his career he was obviously used like very incorrectly with Arizona. Uh and and the, the numbers the last four years are, are incredible. 12 and a half eleven sixteen and eleven sacks. Like like that that is a great football player. But like you, I also don't want to pay for him twice. I, I just I would rather if I'm gonna spend twenty million dollars, I'd rather just keep Grenard than give up the second round pick because I think they need that second round pick to, you know, to work through with what the, the challenges they're going to have this offseason and next.
2: And the other question is, how mo- that, that's great that he's done all those things. How many more of those seasons does he have in his back pocket? You know, for how long? Because he's going to be looking for multiple years. How many more of those years is he going to get double-digit sacks?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, give me a comparable defensive end and I keep my second round pick because, like, you're going to have to spend it either way. Like, if you spend on a defensive end, you spend it on Reddick. You're spending it either way. So now, would you spend it on Reddick or spend it on a Grenard type, and then have your second round pick? Grenard, second rounder, or Reddick? Which of the two would you rather have? I'd rather have Grenard and a second rounder.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and the, you're looking at, and you
2: again, we just got done highlighting o- over the course of the show where you got to replace all these starters. I, I think that second round pick is potentially one of those starters that you're going to replace. I, I don't want to give Chief. him a, what's that. And cheap, yeah.
1: Like you're you're replacing you're replacing one of those ten starters, or you're you're adding to what you need of ten starters, and you're doing it cheap. Like you're going the cheap route. If you don't get it, if you don't get a starter on cheap, now you got to spend more money, and we're gonna realize how quickly this money dries up.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean that that's why I just I, I'm not I'm not in on that. And your your point is is spot on with it too. About I, I didn't say it that directly, but exactly, I don't want to give up a second round pick and have know that I got to extend this guy and. and I just don't know how many more years he's got left with those kind of 10-plus 10, uh, 10 sack years.
1: I, mean, I want to keep the powder dry. He's
3: 29. Like, I, normally, yeah, maybe two to three more years. But if you're going to give out a, a $20 million contract, let's give it to a guy who's 26, yeah. 27. Like, it, there's just a better chance that throughout the duration of that contract, I think you're playing the odds here a little bit. Like There's a better chance that a free agent player will be better throughout his contract than Hassan Redick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yep, and you get sure. to the second rounder. The other three trades they had that could shake up the offseason uh, Fields to the Steelers. They would get a 24 second round pick and a 2025 fifth round pick. Would you do that uh, trade as our proxy for Chicago, Joe? Would you trade Justin Fields for number 52 in this draft and a future fifth rounder? Absolutely. Seems That's like enough for you. One. I do not believe the smoke that
3: Adam Schefter is putting out there that they could get a first. Yeah, I don't either. I, I think I think rounder. the Pittsburgh Steelers would have to move into the first round, and then trade that first rounder to the Chicago Bears.
2: You don't think there's a chance competition could get to the point where they could push that? Because you think about the teams that might be interested in him: Pittsburgh, Atlanta.
3: Atlanta's not giving up the ninth pick yeah. in the draft for I'm not, Justin Fields.
2: Well, but I'm not I'm not saying it's the, the, the lottery pick. I, and I don't know if they have multiples. But if there's a way to get a lower first round pick,
3: that's what I think the problem is. Because I, I I hear you, Joel. I agree with you. But the, the teams that would most likely want his services have too good of draft picks to w- yep. to where it makes Justin Fields. Yeah, worth I can it. think
2: of four: Denver, Atlanta, Vegas, yeah, and Pittsburgh. And Vegas I think,
1: out. I think it'll be second rounder. I think it'll be a second round in sweeteners. I, I don't think they get a first for Fields. Like maybe Pittsburgh like, made
2: the playoffs, so they're they're hovering like I think they're picked twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, I think
1: they are twenty on the nose. Yeah, like could so I guess twenty isn't too bad. I don't think they give that up. I don't think I don't they don't, do either because the Steelers know. That these other teams are going to trade their first, so why are they going to trade theirs?
2: And they still have Pickett, so they still have someone to fall back on. That there's still they still a chance they can develop more out of, or see if there's more out of him.
1: Now, yeah, if I, think, I could get a twenty five first, I think I don't think so. I think it's a sec- I think second. Yes, yeah. you're going to get second would, and sweeteners. Would you rather second take
3: sweeteners. just a hypothetical, like it's in a trade scenario, like if you got offered a second, the the fifty second pick today, yeah, or the Steelers' first rounder in twenty twenty five? Which one's more valuable? Future first, definitely. Mm-hmm.
1: And if I'm yeah. the Bears and I'm what trading that Justin turns Fields, into like a top 10 pick.
3: That's as much, you're right, exactly. because as
2: much as I was against the Rockets not getting enough for Harden and those picks in Brooklyn, it can turn on a dime in an instant. And a team that you think is going to be a perennial favorite can just change. Yeah. And, and then you, those picks become really valuable.
3: So I'll take the
1: second. Khalil Mack to the Lions for a fourth. He's got a terrible contract, so he's not going to be that pricey to trade for. That would make Detroit a lot better. And then the other one they have listed, Devontae Adams to the Jets for that's a 25-second-round a, pick.
2: I mean, that's a, that's a massive contract to take on if you're the Jets, but that's a no-brainer that he would you know, reunite with Rodgers. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see.
1: <laughs> that'd be a lot of fun. All right, 713-780-ESPN. What are we nominating for Car Wreck of the Day? What are you nominating for Car Wreck of the Day? 713-780-3776. Killer bees ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5
0: you this is the car wreck of the day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com.
1: all right time for our car wreck of the day what are we nominating 713-780-3776 what are you nominating, Blinkers?
2: I'm going to start with just the the tragedy that happened at the Chiefs parade today. The fact that no matter where you turn, no matter what you do, where you go, you're not safe anymore. And and it's 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 just it's a sad state of affairs in society, regardless of what isle, side of the aisle you're on and what your beliefs are. In a lot of different ways, the fact that you can't go to a parade to celebrate your favorite team winning a championship and, and that breaks out that that's that's a tragedy.
1: Yeah, that was sad to see. Uh, hated seeing that, too. That was uh, not good. Not, not a great story that came out of uh, what should have been a, uh, a day that you're celebrating mm-hmm. there in Kansas City. So uh, everybody that was affected that, uh, certainly prayers for all that were involved. Uh, I'm going to put Valentine's Day as my car wreck of the day. <laughs> Valentine's Day is overrated. I'm anti-love. I don't like love. What does love ever do for anybody? Anti-love, anti-Valentine's Day. Uh, you're price gouging flowers twice. You're marking them up twenty, 100%. You're price gouging chocolate. You're marking that up 100%. Uh, I do like good dinners, but you can do that on any other day that's not Valentine's Day. So I'm nominating Valentine's Day, Branham, anti-love.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Your wife loves you? You love, love your wife? I love my wife every day. I don't need Valentine's Day to tell her that.
2: Okay, but you need that love, and you were poo-pooing on love, and you got the ultimate love.
1: Well, everybody acts like love only exists on February 14th. Love exists for every 365 it's days. True. 366 on leap years. Okay,
2: it's true, and this is a leap year, correct?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Yes. So, look, one extra day. You don't need Valentine's Day. This year more than others. Joe, what are you nominating?
3: <laughs> uh, I'm going to nominate uh, the Astros injuries because, come on, man. Like, this is not how I thought spring training was going to start. But yeah, welcome all, to the s- season. Sneaking up on <laughs> us here. Welcome yeah. to the season.
2: This was not what I wanted to find out today. Uh, and then it was multiples. The fact that it was Verlander first and foremost, I was like, oh, man, the first day. And now right after that, you hear the JP France news going, I mean, this cannot be a trend. Let's stop this right now before it goes any further, because I don't want to deal with this all year.
1: This guy says Valentine's Day is trash. Love your significant other the, the whole year. Yeah, I was going to say shoulder inflammation to be a little bit more specific, but that works too. Is inflammation the new discomfort for the Astros? Is that the new buzzword? They're going to drop discomfort. You know how every year they have a team yeah. slogan? Yep. What is their slogan this year? Like re- It's not R- ready Relentless. Relentless. Mm. They're going to be relentless this year. Last year, their slogan for any injury was discomfort. This year, it's going to be inflammation. Relentless got infam- in- infram- inflammation.
3: inflammation.
1: Relentless inflammation. Who needs
2: AI when you got R.I.? Relentless Inflammation. Let's hope that's not the storyline. of this. Jordan Alvarez, inflammation
1: in his his hands. hands. He stopped on his pillow the wrong way. He's got neck inflammation. From Valdez, (laughs) weak-minded, inflammation of the brain. Brain inflammation. Uh, Jordan smelled the smoke funny in Atlanta. Nostril inflammation needs to be hospitalized. Who else gets hurt a lot? Uh, Atuvai got hurt a lot. Well, your boy McCullers. Well, that doesn't, yeah, he's he's got, already hurt. He's got IL inflammation. He's been on it so much that it's inflamed now. All right, what else are you nominating?
2: Man, I, Joe took my second one. I was going with the injuries on day one of, the, of spring training.
1: I'm going to nominate Daryl Morey. Not so much because he belongs on this, but just because I wanted to talk about this story. Uh, apparently, Daryl Morey called the uh, Lakers to get uh, the idea of about if LeBron James was available, which it really just good GMing. Like, you should be calling every GM or – calling every team, hey, is this guy available? Because if he is, we might be interested. That's just good GMing. It's a guy doing his job. Uh, so I have no problem with it. But I can't put Rob Polinka on the car wreck of the day because when Rob Polinka was called by Daryl Morey and was asked about the availability of LeBron James, Polinka responded by asking Morey if Joel Embiid was available this is exactly what i do with my fantasy football teams whenever joe george proposes this stupid trade i say well is your best player available okay then this conversation this is, is slander over. rob Polinka well, i was not really a rob oh. Polinka guy indifferent on rob Polinka. this story about rob Polinka, he won me over i'm a rob Polinka fan i like that rob low lookalike he is a Rob Lowe lookalike. You're right about that.
2: And I, I wasn't a big fan or believer in his abilities till last year when he almost salvaged the, the Lakers by moves that I didn't think he could pull off to make them slightly better. But this was a great rebuttal to a guy that, look, I, I've worked enough with Daryl to know how quirky he is. But you're right. The biggest thing is he is not no stone unturned. He is not afraid to go after anyone and check it out. So credit on him for trying. Better credit to Palinka for the response.
3: What were you saying, Joe? That's slander, Jeremy. You and I have never even engaged in a trade offer. That is fake news media.
1: Have we not made a trade? I don't know. The worst person that trades in our league is Brandon. Brandon would offer you like a bucket of curveballs for Christian McCaffrey. He'd be like, Brandon, this is stupid. We've well, we got to start somewhere. Okay, man. All right. Okay. Uh, Honeyglaze Glaze Branham says that this show is relentless information. That's a great call. We are nice. relentless with our information. It was nice. Uh, I think we have to nominate... Something, whatever
3: happened with the 49ers? Steve Wilkes, it's, it's the car.: wreck. I
1: nominate Steve Wilkes for taking a step backwards. He had the best defense. He inherited the best defense in the NFL. They were number one in points allowed. They were number one in yards allowed last year, and he dropped to three and eight. I nominate Steve Wilkes for our car record of the day. How do you let the top defense and the most talent on the defensive side of the ball slip outside of the top seven in yards allowed? Did anybody leave?
2: I'm trying to remember. Did anybody? Did they lose anybody on defense?
3: Jimmy Ward. Yeah. Besides Jimmy the, the Ward. Glue, I mean, he really doesn't count. The okay. glue that kept the 49ers together. Yeah, that think, glue lasted just long
2: anybody. enough to get a deal to be injured the entire year for the Texans. I don't think it was Jimmy Ward.
1: He underperformed, Steve Wilks. Fifty Ten says that Chaz McCormick has stomach inflammation. So do I. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that... Did you guys see the picture of Aaron Judge? He looked fat. Uh, yeah. I saw a headline. I didn't see the picture.
2: I saw the picture, and if that's
1: legit and real, <laughs> he's getting fat like, and happy on the like like
2: contract.
3: Looked a little, like, windbreaker. He, ooh,
2: I was don't know. old no, he was i just, was he in Florida?
3: I'm yeah, he,
2: big, he looks pretty big in that
0: picture.
3: I'm
2: he's not James Harden fat, but he's he, he does look larger.
0: What's
1: yeah. winning here? I mean, you got to go to the shooting. I think so. yeah, yeah, for sure. All yeah. right. Car wreck of the day, shooting in Kansas City. Hope everybody's well. It's going to do it for us. Thanks to Joe George for doing all the hard work. He's blank on Brad. We're going to be at the decoy tomorrow in Spring Branch. Come hang out with us at the decoy in Spring Branch tomorrow. Love to have you out. All right, does it for us. Joe George in the bullpen. An hour you do not want to miss. Coming up next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.